You are back. The Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Wes, I got to tell you, I'm sorry. Uh, Fitty just did one of the weirdest dance moves I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, I thought you caught what I just said before we came on. I did not because he distracted me. I pol- I heard you no, bring it in. good. I thought that you made yeah. No, I just, uh, I don't know what that was. I mean... None of the dance moves are phenomenal, yeah. but they're fun, right? I'm I'm ready to go to party. But yeah. that one, all oh, fitty, you know that dance move was something way different. I don't even know how to describe it to people. Are you saying that all of my dance moves sucks though? Because I no. think some of my dances, like when I'm over here doing the mini robot, I think it looks pretty good. When I'm doing the stanky leg, I I, I think I mean that's stanky. I hadn't seen that yet. Oh yeah, yeah that's because you pay me no attention, Wes. Please do the stanky leg right now or the no, next time no. that we come back. No, yeah, I man. would love to see it. That's going to be the video this week. We'll show you doing a stanky yeah, we'll leg for the people. we'll pimp ourselves out for social media. Everything that can be embarrassing or funny, we're going to be doing it for the people. Oh, okay, now now I just got brought down in this, too. We were, <laughs> we were having fun at Fiddy's expense, and now i got to get dragged down as well. This sucks. All right, so Garage Deal Guru, text line 704-570-9610. Hit up all the socials, Weston Walker on Twitter, WFNZ Twitter, WFNZ Instagram. And Charlotte FC Major League Soccer is now in season, and the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match, so stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. Coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line. Only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fans. All right, Charlotte sports fans, I have an interesting scenario for you. So NFL.com's Adam Rank said that he had a conversation with D'Angelo Hall, freshly added to the Panthers coaching staff, that Jalen Ramsey could be traded to Carolina. It's rumored that he wants more money. He and the Rams are, you know, the Rams are in a horrible cap situation. They're letting everybody go. They just released um, Bobby Wagner last week. Now Jalen Ramsey is on the trading block. If the Panthers traded for Jalen Ramsey, would this mean they would have to trade J.C. Horn in return? I I would say (laughs) I would say no. Like I, I don't think so. I don't know why you would. If trade. I was the Rams, I would probably ask for that in return. The young corner with his potential at that money, that would make all the sense in the world for the Rams to want him in return. But right, but it also it it makes the sense for Carolina to keep him. Right, like I'm not getting rid of J.C. Horn in a Jalen Ramsey trade as as dominant as Jalen is. Like that dude is a well, fantastic cornerback. Right now, yeah. and sure and. So that even speaks more to why you would trade him if you don't think he's dominant consistently. Why would you trade your first-round cornerback that you have high hopes for? Even with a little bit of an injury history, you're not trading your first-round pick to go after an older cornerback. I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, if that's the asking price, I'm not doing it. Plus Carolina and these cornerback trades, these cornerback acquisitions haven't been really going all that well. Now you're talking about a guy that's still pretty young, six straight Pro Bowl nods, uh, he's earned first-team All-Pro honors twice. And last season, he had a fantastic year. Four interceptions, uh, 18 passes defended, 88 tackles, two forced fumbles, 
So, I mean, he is still one of the top guys at his position at a relatively young age. So, I mean, do, do you think that this would etch in stone that they would draft a rookie quarterback with what they would potentially have to pay him if they did bring him aboard? If they traded for Jalen Ramsey, you're asking if that would etch in stone them drafting a young QB. I don't I don't think so. I, and, I mean, if you're talking about paying Jalen Ramsey – quite a bit of money you're trying to save as much or you're trying to create as much cap space as possible and so yes i i could see them actually going for it um and and then maybe even could you create enough cap space to go after a a veteran qb at that point that would be just way too much money and so yeah I, i still think drafting a young qb is the way to go i don't know if i can make anything work with a jalen ramsey type of trade and so i think i'm just holding on to what i have right now okay so i mean that's a, that's a pretty good play if they're able to get him. I mean, what is he going to want money-wise? When you look at cornerbacks, they're among the highest paid in the game. So, I mean, they said that this is the same because they said the Rams want to get rid of him sooner than later because this is the same thing that happened in Jacksonville. Jacksonville didn't want to give him a ginormous bag. You look at the top of the position, Jair Alexander sits there at $21 million average, Denzel Ward at twenty. Jalen Ramsey is third at 20, and he wants more money. So you got to think he's going to want, dare I say, 24, 25 to really get over Jair Alexander uh, with a vengeance. I don't know that there's um, any free agent cornerbacks of his caliber that are going to be in this free agent class that could potentially get more than he can. We talked about them already earlier this week. I mean, Jamel Dean is the top paid guy to his position. Well, the top free agent, according to PFF, they're projecting him at $17 million a year. So you would have to pay uh, Jalen Ramsey a pretty penny. And if they're able to finesse some salary cap things and have a rookie quarterback, they could afford him. Uh, but you also have to re-sign Burns and you have some other guys as well. But that's the thing a rookie quarterback kind of afford you is the ability to be able to sign a lot of guys yeah is is that your move then because it's a pretty large one and is Jalen Ramsey trading whatever it would take to go get him and then pay that kind of money that's the move that you're making this offseason to go after it right and if you're trading for Jalen Ramsey then are you discussing now is the time with that being the move to indicate now is the time to me, that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And so even with Carolina maybe being in the mix here, it makes more sense for some of these other teams, according to CBS, right? Some of the potential landing spots, Detroit, they need a lot of help defensively. They're ready to make the playoffs this season, especially with their offense right now. I think the Lions would make sense. Cincinnati, we know they are very ready to win now, especially if they don't pay T Higgins trade for him. I wonder if you could trade T to L.A. and then get Jalen Ramsey in return or something like that. That would make some interesting sense there. Las Vegas, those are the teams that, if they're going after it, I just don't know if Carolina would be able to beat some of those other franchises out. All right, so let's live in a world quickly where what if they did get Ramsey and they kept J.C. Horn as well? Would this no doubt be the best cornerback tandem in the NFL? I mean, two number ones. Yeah, I'm trying to think at the top of my head who would be a better tandem than that. And that is what Carolina set out to do when you traded for another first-round pick in C.J. Henderson. Didn't work out. In fact, went the exact opposite of what you hoped it would be. He was one of the worst-graded corners last year. We all saw it. Yeah, but we knew that wasn't going to be. 
What? That Scott, wasn't the belief when they traded Scott for him, Fitter though. didn't think that. <laughs> he was a top ten pick. Yeah, so right, but nobody come on now. You get traded by your oh. team before in the inside of your first two, three years with your team. Nobody thinks you're coming over here to be a great player. We're talking about Jalen Ramsey here. Like let's Maybe you didn't talk no. about big dogs. Yeah, I I don't think I'm trying to compare CJ to Jalen. No, I'm not, but I'm just saying nobody thought CJ Henderson was gonna come over here and dominate. If you did, you would on something good. But you're talking to Scott Fitter right now. Right. Well, like, Scotty, you was on something yeah. good if you thought that yeah. C.J. Henderson was going to come over here and be dominant. They took a shot at a top 10 pick. Right. And C.J. had flashes with Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. It was just the thing about him that the conversation is all about, does he really care about football? And I hate that kind of analysis surrounding players, but you did have that kind of narrative surrounding C.J. Henderson, mm-hmm. and it was an awful year for him. Mm-hmm. And they traded a third-round pick pretty high draft pick Mm -hmm. and Dan Arnold to go get a first round guy from Jacksonville. And so it just didn't work out. They traded a six round pick for Stefan Gilmore, Mm -hmm. which that one you do every time. I mean, they, they thought they were going to go after it. It didn't work, but you lose a six round pick for a guy that caliber, whatever. But with CJ, that's the one that really hurt you as far as a a trade that you set out to do. And it was maybe the language behind that trade that really hurts him. Like, let's say they wouldn't like like when they made that trade. That was Scott Fitter. They were three and zero, I believe, when they made the deal, or maybe they were three and one. Well, yeah, that was him saying, "Hey, we're all in. We think we can win the division." It doesn't work out, but I don't think they thought he was going to dominate. But there was belief in the building that he could be a solid number two corner. Mac wanted to draft him. Seventh of the year, they drafted Derek Brown. So, like, it's not even it wasn't just their, their office. There was actual fans that wanted him here in Carolina. It just, it just hadn't worked out. Matt Rule talked about it when they acquired him, a guy that they coveted in the draft and eventually went a different direction. But they liked CJ Henderson in mm-hmm. that selection process, and it just didn't work out. To speak to your point, though, Wes, we, we, we've seen a philosophical approach covering guys' matters to Carolina. Being able to put J.C. Horn out there, Dante Jackson they signed, and that was Matt Rule told you a million times how much he loved Dante Jackson. Maybe that was more of a Matt Rule move. I don't know. But then they trade for Stefan. They trade for C.J. Henderson. Man, think about how many cornerbacks they had on the roster. Now, granted, this was after they lost J.C. Horn for the year when they traded for Stefan and they traded for C.J. Henderson, but still, they value being able to cover on the outside and the slot receiver, but... It just didn't work out whether Stefan left in free agency or CJ wasn't good. Yeah, they did. They, they've gone out to get a lot of guys. I think without a doubt, though, I think this would be a very strong cornerback core if they were able to get Ramsey and have Horn. So, I mean, I don't know how much finagling they would have to do. But let's talk real quick, man. You got a new segment you want to debut. So let's I want to set it, it up this month and then going into the NFL draft. The mock draft melee. A surprise. They're... Let's just play it right now. Mel Kiper Jr.'s first mock draft of the season. With the first, second, third pick in the NFL draft. Here comes the commissioner. With the seamless transition going into the mock draft melee, the idea for this going forward is to have this interrupt everything that we're doing because mock drafts are being dropped left and right. Tony Pauline doesn't like them. Lots of listeners don't like them. But we have so much fun with all of the mock drafts that are dropped. And hell, you know what? It gives us content to discuss. Pro Football Focus. We discuss it a lot here on Wesson Walker. They released a new edition of their mock draft. And so the melee that PFF is performing on us today, they have Carolina trading up to number three 
mm. in their recent mock draft to select not Bryce Young, not C.J. Stroud, not even Will Levis. But they're trading up to number three to select Anthony Richardson in this edition of the mock draft melee. They write the Panthers could be just as aggressive as the Colts in this mock draft. They have Indianapolis trading up to number one for Bryce Young. And so if that is the case, they can make sure they get one of the top quarterbacks by calling Arizona and selecting a raw prospect, but an enticing one at number three overall. Going around the room, Wes, do you like this potential scenario playing out? Carolina trading up to three for Anthony Richards. I don't like it, but I'm not surprised. I have started to uh, see things, and I guess the whispers are starting to go around of Anthony Richardson possibly going number one overall. I saw that coming into the weekend. What do you think, Fitty? Do you like this move if Carolina were to do this? Hell no. That'd be the name on the coffin for Scott Fitterer being this, the GM here. And then I got to find a new nickname, and I don't I don't trust you guys to give me a nickname that I approve of. You already have it. Little Country. Yeah, I don't like that. Well, we don't care. Wait, do you have to change your nickname if Scott Fitterer isn't here anymore? <laughs> Is that true? Because I we just kind of roll with it. Even if we didn't give it to you, that's just kind of stuff. I, I look at your face, and I see Fitty. I see that's that's who I see. I don't see Josh Marlowe. I see Fitty. Sometimes I see Lil Country. Sometimes I see the bus driver. But Fitty is your name, in my opinion, that is written on your birth certificate. That's just how I see you. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if we can change it. But, and, and you know, no. That that would be, you're trading all the way up there for a guy that you're going to have to sit for at least two years. Well, then if you do that, guess what that means? He ain't sitting for two years. That means that <laughs> Sam Darnold's got to be back in Carolina, right? Yeah. And y'all both don't want to see... Slinging yeah. Sammy D on the field. Yeah, but he ain't sitting for two years. Yes, Slinging. he is. Slinging. Not, not, not in Carolina. To be ready to play, Who you gonna man? sit behind in Carolina? Darnold. Slinging Sammy here. D. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean right. you, you, you put him out there and he gets exposed. You're screwed. You're um, not trading for a number three guy to sit him for two years in Carolina. I wouldn't trade up this far to go get Anthony Richardson because you're getting rid of a lot of assets to move into a very risky play. As much as I'm enticed by Anthony Richardson, if he's there at nine and you take him, cool. You trade up a couple of spots. Cool. But even with this being enticing based off the skill set that he has, yeah. it's a little too rich for me. First edition of Mock Draft Melee. I think I have to disagree with the move. <laughs> I like it a lot, man. Like I said, the, the draft is going to be all types of rumors and craziness. But when we come back, you talk about craziness, we're going to go back into the alternate universe that was the ACC this weekend and all of the things that happened that made you question a lot of things, maybe even your existence. Okay. This is the Western wow. Walker Show on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Just a couple more segments to go on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Text us via the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. So Wes ordered some food during the show, got Teriyaki Express, and Fiddy is now, as he said, quote, big mad because he was not involved <laughs> in the food order, which led to some bickering between people that were once friends, but now they have this monstrous <laughs> feud I don't know if they're going to be able to get over. The now once friends are enemies because you got Teriyaki Enemies. Express Wait, you see what he does, without Fitty? asking for Fitty. I'm just saying, yeah. Fitty said he was big mad. I'm not lying. That's what Fitty said. So I just, that's kind of the assumption I came Well, to. I mean, he, you know, he said the other day that he, you know, our days, we can't really eat like that during the show. Like, I mean, you can, but you have to be rushed, et cetera, et cetera. But I thought, you know, 
meetings, different things like that, that the day was going to be compressed. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I got to eat. I don't want to wait until four o'clock. And then this guy last week was just saying, I I don't, I don't want to try anything new, a new place. (laughs) When we threw like 17 places at him, he's like, I don't want to try. And he ignored you too. That's what I'm saying. So then he's going to get mad when I order from somewhere he's never eaten from after he clearly stated he doesn't like trying new places like that. Apparently, it's different with chicken, though. He said, oh, if it's a chicken place, I will try it. I love chicken. (laughs) (laughs) So much I want to come back reincarnated as a chicken. I told Beth Troutman that one time. So you could just get your head chopped off and then be a chicken McNugget? Get eaten. I was about to say but I don't know. I don't think that would be a great animal to come back in in some form of reincarnation. I'm just really sick and tired of you trying to break up me and Wes. I'm not doing it. I'll tell you in front of Wes, if you want to be the little side friend, I got room for you, boo. What kind of voice is that? I was I trying to what, go. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that was the weirdest voice I've ever heard from you. I mean, I was trying to get like, you know, a little romantic with you. Like, I, think, I think you were trying to belittle me and be romantic with me at the same time. And that's how it came out. That's Whatever what it's that like was. dating Fitty. You get belittled and being uh, romanticized at the same time. That's why I'm single. Plumber Nick from Concord wrote in Teriyaki Express. That's a $20 lunch. LOL. Is it expensive like that? I haven't been to Teriyaki no, Express. Not really. I mean, when you add the tip, and I tip well. Straight cash, homie. Yeah, you tip well. Wes is getting filthy rich over here. 100%. Big bag. Uh, 704, <laughs> 704 said, uh, <laughs> yep, drop Fitty in a bucket of hot grease, fry him up. That's perfect. I think a lot of people, I guess I could understand you wanting to come back as chicken if you love it so much. Yeah, like, and look, when I come back reincarnated, do not bake me. Do not grill me. <laughs> I want you to fry me because fried chicken is goaded. It's so good. Oh, man. Unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. That hit home more than anything else we talked about today. (laughs) Fried chicken. Wes is like, oh, good Lord. It's amazing. It's fantastic. Hot damn. 704-570-9610. You can text us your favorite form of chicken, whatever you want to. Or what animal would you... That's the question we ask. That's how we stumble upon great content. Tiger. Please. Okay, then there you go. Wes already off and rolling. Text us what animal you would like to come back and reincarnate it as. 704-570-9610. Let's talk about the ACC alternate universe that Wes dubbed it because this weekend was so crazy. Not only did North Carolina get the win against Virginia... But NC State lost big time by 25 points to the Clemson Tigers. I was surprised to see this. Even the loss, I could, I mean, I would have expected NC State to win. I would have been surprised to see the loss. Man, 25 points, Wes, how surprised were you? I was very surprised. Um, Not to say that I came in fully expecting an NC State win. I definitely thought Clemson was more than capable of coming in and getting a win on the road. And I think they can kind of play the card of being disrespected because, as I said, we've talked about on this station, we've heard pundits say that this team may not get into the tournament. There's a strong chance that they may not. So I know that they hear that. They knew that that was going to be a big game for them. And they came in and played as such. As I said, the win was the largest by a Clemson team against NC State since 1940, January 13th to be exact. The margin of victory was the fourth largest in program history for an ACC road game. So they had a historic victory, shot 60% from the field, 62% in the first half, the highest given up by NC State this season, man. So the Tigers came out rolling, okay? And 
I mean, they shot 52% from three. And, I mean, you could see it in the game because I did the highlights for their game for it, the ACCDN, that you can catch highlights and all kinds of cool content uh, on all the platforms. But, um, you know, guys are hitting threes. You know, Hunter Tyson hitting threes, talking trash. Brevin Galloway, four or five from three, seven of nine from the field. And like I said, NC State, they just came out and, and I don't know if they overlooked Clemson. I don't know how you do that. But something happened because D.J. Burns seemed to be the only one that was interested in playing some basketball. I mean, Jaquiel Joyner had 16. And, uh, you know, Casey Marcel had 11. But to Quavion Smith, their fearless leader, only had 10 points. We talked about how he's been playing over the last five games, 13 points per game, uh, 33% from the field, shooting fairly well from three-point land. But, you need more from your star in games like that. I think that was a bad loss for NC State uh, just as far as just the way that it looked. If you lose a close game to Clemson, that's fine. But to get rocked like that, that's that's not acceptable. Here Clown are, show. Here we are discussing <laughs> the offensive problems for NC State, but Kevin Keats, head coach, talked about how he had a bigger problem with the other end of the court. What I talked about with the team was a couple things. Uh, Wake Forest first half, I didn't think we did a great job of defending. Uh, we outscored those guys, so we had 52 points at the half, but gave them 46. And then I thought we did an awful job um, defending against Clemson, you know, giving up 54 points in the half. Um, we fought, and I think that's not a surprise to anyone now uh, about this team. We're going to fight, but you, you put yourself in a really tough hole when you give up that many points in the first half. So uh, disappointed. Uh, this team has um, you know, been really good all year long. We've had a couple games where I didn't think we defended. One of them was tonight. Does this loss give you pause with your confidence level going into the tournament with NC State? How much, how many points would you say that got docked, at least, with your confidence level in the Wolf? It didn't dock any points for me. I believe I had them at a six, mm-hmm. I think I said. Still feeling it? Yeah, because... This is a team I said I believe it when I see it. Um, you hate to use the terms. We know when we used to say Clemson was Clemson and NC State, NC Stating. But this was just a team that, you know, had at times just had lapses in concentration where they may lose a game or don't play the way you expect them to. And so for NC State until – and they've been like that for as long pretty much as I've been alive and watching ACC basketball. So until this team, you know, give or take a few years, but until they, you know, get in a tournament and and win it or go to the final game and get in the NCAA tournament and make deep runs, then I'm not going to fully invest myself in believing that this team is for real. Um, So, you know, with games like this, now I feel like maybe Glass have full perception is that this team could use this as their final wake-up call before the tournament, uh, before the ACC and the NCAA tournament for Kevin Keats to be able to come in and say, see, I keep trying to tell you guys if you don't defend, you'll get your butts kicked. You saw what happened tonight. So maybe this is what will give them that last push to really get in there and make some noise. Well, and Terquavion Smith just has to get going again. That's the problem. I mean, because Joyner had been saving you. He had been fantastic. And mm-hmm. DJ Burns doing the same thing. Yeah. But when both of them are they going They need that on, three-headed monster. 100%. And if Terquavion doesn't have it and Joyner doesn't have it, you're only relying on DJ Burns to score at a high rate. That's going to be a problem, especially if you're not going to be playing any defense, allowing 96 points, so many points, that you allowed to Clemson. 34 field goals made. Here's a comparison that we had just last week, and you were 
confused as to why Fiddy and I both believed more in NC State or maybe even Miami as an ACC team compared to a Pittsburgh. But Mm -hmm. I think NC State was the comparison we made. And you said Pittsburgh was right there with them. Well, they have a win against Syracuse, 99 to 82. They beat Georgia Tech, 76 to 68. They lost to VT on the road. But other than that, Boston College, Florida State, Louisville, North Carolina, Miami, Wake Forest, all wins in a row. So Pittsburgh just keeps turning out victories. That's what they do under Jeff Capel, at least at this moment. Do you think that this is the most trustworthy team in the ACC after this weekend, maybe even including Virginia with two losses to Boston College and North Carolina and Miami, who yeah. lost to Florida State? Um, I still like Miami, despite them losing that 25-point lead, but I think Pittsburgh's right there uh, with anybody. When you look at this team, they have four guys scoring at double figures. Blake Henson shooting the ball at almost a 40% clip from three. Greg Elliott is shooting 42% from three. So, I mean, Pittsburgh can shoot the ball. They're shooting at 36% as a team. They got Federico Federico down low to be the boards and blocks and the rim runner guy. Jamarius Burton's been playing great ball all year. And so this team, man, they, they just believe in each other. Uh, Jeff Capel talked about it uh, in a presser a couple weeks ago, just saying how it's just a different vibe with this team, how they encourage each other, and just how you know much this team loves each other, man. So, for my opinion, when you look at the wins that they have, the way that they play, they can shoot the basketball as well as anybody. They've got the guard play that you're looking for, and they've got those the the garbage bigs down low to clean up the messes. They don't have to have a flashy guy down there getting 20 like they did when they had John Hughley, but with the guys that they have on the perimeter and just the way that they're playing. Yeah, them and Miami, uh, Pitt and Miami, to me, are the two top teams in my estimation. Ray DeRib writing into the text line, UNC will win the ACC tournament. Now, I know your confidence level also hasn't really changed for North Carolina despite their win against Virginia. So let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. Do you think we learned more about the Tar Heels after this victory against the Cavaliers? Or do you think... We learned more about UVA suffering another loss. Um, and again, this is not, you know, Tar Heel bias or whatever. I, I think that they did. They got the job done. They took what was in front of them, took advantage of Virginia. But I think we learned more about Virginia. And we learned that this team might not be uh, as good as we think they are. When we look at the marquee games that they played this year, you know, they've lost to some of the better teams in the league. Um, but just the last two games, if, if they had beaten – Boston College, and then come in and Carolina beats them, that's one thing. But the fact that they laid an egg at Boston College like they did and played so badly, and then they come in and, you know, they score a season-low 48 points, shoot at 27% from the field. It just seems like, to me, they're having a bad week. I know Carolina played good defense, but they come to Carolina and shoot 39% after leaving Boston College and not shooting the ball well. But they have more points off turnovers, more points in the paint, more second-chance points, more fast-break points. Carolina beat them at the three-point line and at the foul line, and Carolina hasn't been a great three-point shooting team all season long. So, to me, that's a bit of an aberration. But, you know, when you look at this team, they lost to Pitt, they lost to Miami, they lost to Houston. So, the teams, the two teams that I said that I think are the best, Miami and Pitt, you know, they lost to. So, uh, I think UVA is just kind of getting exposed a little bit. And we talked about last week how they shoot the three ball well, but that's really all that they do offensively. They shoot it at a nice percentage, but they don't hit 
a ton of them during the game. And then just offensively, you know, they don't put up a ton of points. And so with Virginia, you talked about it too, and we talked about lack of post presence, not a guy they can throw it down to and get a bucket. If Armand Franklin or Jaden Gardner or Kihei Clark or any of those guys aren't driving to the bucket and getting points, they're not going to get a lot of points in the paint. So I think this is an offensively flawed basketball team. Virginia beat 22-ranked NC State 63-50 to a while back. Mm-hmm. Since then, they barely escaped Duke after a very controversial no call against Kyle Filipowski or to send him to the line. You beat Louisville on the road by three points, a one-possession game. You beat Notre Dame only by two points, 57-55. to You lose to Boston College on the road by 15. It wasn't just some, oh, you barely hung on. They lost by 15, and here they are losing to North Carolina, where in the second half, UNC got cold. Virginia can always play good D, but they lost by close to double digits, and it took a second-half performance by Virginia to just get even kind of close back into this ballgame. Yeah, Virginia's starting to reel a little bit. And, And this is not a team with a bunch of stars either, and we've seen that MO win before. But if you think about some of their championship teams, it's either been or even some of their number one seeded teams, right? They've had Malcolm Brogdon. They've had NBA talent like Justin Anderson, DeAndre Hunter. Mm-hmm. You think about this as a well-balanced squad through their most successful years, but they've had some dudes that get into the NBA, yeah. drafted high. Even if they're not drafted as high, they go out there and perform once they get into the league. And even if they don't, right, either, even players like Kyle Guy or Ty Jerome, awesome in college. Don't really have that with Virginia. Yep. They're still able to muster up some excellent seasons, but now here you are, barely surviving and only winning a couple times um, lately. Two straight losses to Boston College and North Carolina. Yeah, those are rough losses. Here's why I I think if Pete Nance can do this consistently, and I know that's crazy, he he can't go for 22 consistently. I'm not trying to get it too twisted. But can he shoot 40% from three? Can he get even where close? Can he shoot 38, right? Like, can he do something like that Mm -hmm. to where the lemon Oreos are working for him? Can (laughs) you get something like that? Then you can survive the Caleb Love awful shooting nights. Because we didn't learn anything about Caleb Love. This isn't new. Yeah. I mean, this is what Caleb Love will do for you every now and then. He'll give you only a couple field goals. What's crazy, it's not even all that new to see Armando Baycott only put up six field goal attempts. You'll have those games every now and then. I don't think Heels fans like it, and they shouldn't, but this is not an anomaly. And they still won because Pete Nance showed up, and you know what else happened? Puff Johnson gave you eight points off the bench. You had something from the bench, anything. Uh, There's potential that we learned more about North Carolina. Surviving an awful shooting night from Caleb Love, which had not been the case. R.J. Davis, by the way, got going a little bit. Big-time game against UVA. So, I, I don't know. I, I'll go to North Carolina and feel like we learned more about them. Let's go to the text message real quick. Getting some text messages about some of the animals that people would like to be reincarnated <laughs> as. Because that is the question that we asked before we started talking some ACC hoops. Brian said he would like to be a cicada because he would like to sleep for seven years and then wake up every once in a while. But sleeping <laughs> for seven years, that's what he would like to do. Yeah. Um, what are some of the other text messages we have? I have a heart. Okay, now I'm finally loaded up here on the on the monitor. 704 said, cat or dog? I'm trying to be pampered. Food provided. You get your poop cleaned up. No job. All inclusive. Anytime naps. He'd rather be a cat or a dog. So a cat or a dog? I, I wouldn't mind being a dog. Okay. Um, Casey Steve said, Fiddy will come back as a stuffed animal. Ramsey having to cuddle with Fiddy. 
I think it's <laughs> <laughs> a great, it's a great text message yeah. that he would like to come back as something to then cuddle with himself. Seven Oh four said a T-Rex. I mean, you're probably not going to last that long given the whole extinct thing, but yeah. T-Rex is somebody, uh, that that's what another person wants to be reincarnated as. And you said tiger. Yeah. Why a tiger? I love big cats. I like apex <laughs> predators. So that's what I would want to come back as something that is fear. I mean, tigers, are one of the most majestic animals, in my opinion, that there is. I, I feel that way, too. When I went to a zoo one time with my brother, uh-huh. who is a lot older than me, like 12 years older, he's like, man, when I was 10 or your age, you didn't really care about a tiger. Like, whatever. Those things are, you go to the zoo, everybody goes to see the main animals. But as, like, an adult, you appreciate the big cats. You appreciate the staples, the elephants, the giraffes, just how crazy those guys are. Where I'm trying to see the craziest thing out there. Tiger's not all that crazy. I wonder if people feel the same way. Yeah, I went to Tiger World up in Rockwell. And you feel a little bad when you go there. It's a little oh, Joe yeah. Exotic-ish. What is Tiger World? But uh, <laughs> just to be as close to them as you can get and seeing them walking through the gate, I mean, just the sheer size of their paws. You can almost feel, feel their weight when they're walking. And, it, I mean, it, it's just a... It's just a moment. All right, let's go to Fitty Exotic. I think that should be another nickname. Fitty Exotic now with the last Fitty Flash of the day. What you got for us, Fitty? I find it funny, Walker, that we both said what we would want to come back as, but you never said anything. I'm going to guess... An axolotl would be what you would want to come back as. 100%. That is a great poll by you. An axolotl, that's right. I would love to come back as an axolotl. As long as it's with a person that has me a nice aquarium set up, I'd like to be an axolotl owned by Walker Mail. That's exactly what I'd like to be. Thank you very much. Uh, We'll keep it with the ACC talk because one, one thing we have failed to mention during today's show was that the ACC... Did lose a giant from the coaching ranks as former UVA coach. He also coached at Davidson before he got uh, to Charlottesville. Terry Holland did pass away. He was the guy that really got Virginia on the scene in the 1980s. I once read a book by John Feinstein that said that nobody loved the Final Four more than Terry Holland. So in a year where we've lost Billy Packer and already and now Terry Holland it'll be an emotional an emotional ACC tournament remembering the legends of the ACC yeah he took over what was described in ESPN as a flailing program in 1974 the Cavs had just three winning seasons under their belt in 21 years before Holland created a culture that proved a formula for success his Cavaliers played rugged defense just going down some of the other achievements from coach Holland 326 and 173 record he posted and led Virginia to nine NCAA tournaments, two Final Fours, a 1980 NIT title. So those are some of the achievements there from one coach, Terry Holland. And that'll do it for the last Fitty Flash of the legend, day. man. Yeah. R.I.P. There, there you go. So, Terry Holland, we have lost a couple of good ones um, within the conference this past couple of months or so. One more segment to go. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, Garage Door Guru, text line 704-570-9610. Hit up the Wesson Walker page on Twitter. Hit up the WFNZ Twitter page and the WFNZ Instagram page. Hit all three of them. You know you're chilling right now. Just do it. All right. So for your black history hero of the day from the sports perspective, we're going to talk about a secret game. During the Jim Crow era, 
African-American college teams were barred from the National Collegiate Athletic Association and the National Invitational Tournament that you know as the NCAA and the NIT. A secret game was held in 1944 between a white team from Duke University and a black team from North Carolina Central, and it was one of the first integrated sports events in the South. In early 1944, black and white students from North Carolina Central University and Duke University met at the Durham YMCA for clandestine prayer meeting. Friendly challenge led to a basketball game between the North Carolina Central varsity team and the team from Duke's medical school to determine the best team in Durham. Now, I know you hear medical school and you might be thinking that they beat up on some guys who weren't that great at basketball, but many people believe that Duke's medical school team was even better than the school's varsity team, which had won the Southern Conference Championship. Across town, head coach John B. McClendon coached the Eagles to an impressive 19-1 record. In the gym, there were only players, coaches, and a referee. A few students peered through gym windows to watch. The Eagles used a fast-break strategy created by McClendon and housed Duke 88-44. When the game concluded, the North Carolina Central team invited the Duke students to the men's dormitory for refreshments. After socializing for a few hours, the medical students returned to Duke. So this was really interesting because I saw it on Saturday night during the game's broadcast and just decided to research it a little bit more, man. And that was a pretty cool thing that I'd never heard of before. So, you know, the Eagles put that fast break on them and they didn't have any answers for them. Excellent book, by the way, written by Scott Ellsworth. I own that book, The Secret Game, so go purchase it. It's awesome. You will not regret that read and dive a little bit more into what Wes has as his Black History Sports hero or heroes, in this case, of the day. What's on tap? North Carolina plays at Florida State tonight, and as that game's going on, we'll have the Charlotte Hornets hosting the Detroit Pistons at the Spectrum Center. Let's go around the room and predict both of these games, both tipping off at 7 p.m. UNC at Florida State, Charlotte hosting Detroit. Who you got in both those matches? Uh, I think Florida State will be emotionally drained after what they did to Miami. So I'm going to go with Carolina, and I'm going to take the Pistons on the road to break up the Hornets' win streak. All right, so Willie P's hair will remain black, I guess? Black hair, right? And a little gray. And a little gray. That's right. Maybe we can just put a little bit of blue in there just for getting so close. And just where the gray is, maybe that's where he would be okay putting the blue. What do you think, Fitty? Uh, I got the heels on the road. I think they play the level of desperation required this time of year to win your way into the field of 68. And I've got Detroit winning as well, only because I don't want to be mad at myself if we don't get Willie P's blue hair if I were to pick the Hornets. Oh, because you don't want to uh, jinx anything. That's why you're doing this? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's a good way to look at it. I'll knock on wood just to try to avoid that as much myself, but I think the Charlotte Hornets, I think they get the job done. And what's going to be interesting, I've knocked on wood. So if, if we don't get blue no, hair, Willie, it's your fault. No, nope, I knocked on wood. I made sure everything was okay. Now what I'm really interested in, by the way, Mark Williams, 
Jalen Duran matchup. The last time they played Detroit, Mark Williams only played a minute. They lost 118 to 112, and that's when you still had Mason Plumley on the roster. Nick Richards would come in and get some minutes at backup center. Mm-hmm. So the guy that a lot of people wanted in Jalen Duran now battling Mark Williams. But I think North Carolina finds a way to get the job done against Florida State. Um, that this is what their season depends on, and of course Duke at the end of the regular season. And I think Charlotte, they win five in a row. Willie P has to decide what day, not if he's going to, but what day he is going to dye his hair blue. So that will be exciting to see. And then he'll be in with us tomorrow, tomorrow in studio. I'm hoping he gets it done then, or maybe I'm going to throw this out idea out to you. Is there a possibility that we could coerce Willie P into allowing us to dye it for him live on air? Is that something Ooh, that would be fitty? <laughs> is that okay? Can you make this happen with one Will Palachik? I'll see what I can do, but it's soccer season, so he's extra ornery than normal. Why is that? You would think he'd be excited because the season is oh, here. Oh, no, dude. They lost the other night. He's still pissed about it. Okay. He's going to be a little, and you've seen defiant Willie P. Yes, I have. It's going to be a lot worse. Uh, okay, that, that's fine. I, I just want to see the blue hair. I would like to be the one that participates in that, but uh, hopefully that can happen and uh, we can find a way to do it. Um, all right, Casey, Steve, he's mad at me because, hell, Walker's cursing the number one pick again. That's a joke earlier in the show because Wes thinks I might have ruined the Hornets' chances to get Victor Wembanyama, <laughs> and now Fiddy thinks I've ruined the chances of Willie P's hair being blue. And 419 said, have the Pistons... Uh, the Pistons lineup is out along with Durin. Uh, so, man, I guess we won't see Jalen Durin tonight. It looks mm. like he might be hurt. So, unfortunate. Yeah, I thought Jalen Durin was going to be able to uh, play against one Mark Williams, and that would have been a lot of fun to see. No Carolina Hurricanes game tonight. They're going to be playing on Wednesday. Yep. Wes can tell you all about that. Are, sure is there something interesting you're looking forward to that you want to tease, or do you just want to <laughs> talk to us about it on Wednesday? No, I'm just looking forward. I like when they play the national games on the, the big networks, the TNTs and um, – Things like that. So. Um, going back to some of the text messages here, somebody did say that they would like to come back as an eagle, so they are a protected oh, yeah, bird, a peregrine falcon. Okay, just wanting to fly. That's fine. I can get behind that. And then 704, last grocery store take before we give it to Kyle Bailey. Harris Teeter, double-breasted fried chicken bucket is all caps, straight fire. My son told me that they have really good fried chicken. Uh, this, I think, Mr. Cluckles. I don't know who that is. <laughs> that's what he signed. Mr. Cluck. <laughs> that's the, that's the, a good name. That's the sign. But Harris Teeter... If you are in a pinch and you don't really want to go to the fast food restaurant, but you need to get some chicken, the oven baked, the fried chicken, Harris Teeter. It's got the fire, 100%. Is that something that you partake in every now and then, Fiddy? Rotisserie chicken? Or just the chicken section at Harris Teeter, if you don't want to go to the fast food section. I work part-time in radio. Mm Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Right. I can't afford, seven I, bucks. I can't, I can't afford that. You could eat two eight. days off of that for like seven, eight dollars. That's good value, you, actually. Yeah, hundred percent. It's actually a good deal. Go try it. It's a great deal. Everybody, go try the chicken, whether it's baked, rotisserie. Yeah, because I get the rotisseries from uh, Earth Fair or Harris Theater too. All right, we'll be back with more grocery store deals tomorrow. Until then, it's Kyle Bailey alongside Smoke Ludwig. We are going to give away tickets though in the meantime too. Fiddy got mad at me. Thank you for reminding me. We're going to give away tickets if you call in. You can be the third caller. Call in right now and win tickets to the Hercules Tire Big South Tournament on Saturday. This is going to be the Saturday day that you will go and visit. Not Friday, even though we'll be out there broadcasting at the event. 
Hercules Tire Big South Tournament tickets. You can go on Saturday if you are the third caller, 704-570-9610. Kyle Bailey, Smoke Ludwig, coming up next.